a stagnation, if there is inability, if there is not any effort to move forward or to improve some aspect of our lives, whether it is our lives within our lives, which is our nafs and our iman, whether it is the exterior form of our lives. If you have been or you are today exactly the way you were yesterday, and if you have no hope of becoming better tomorrow, then Rabbi Sallallahu said to a believer, this is something which is unacceptable. To a believer, this is something where they should not fall into a mode of being less visible and say, well, I do what I can do, and that is it, the rest I will not do, because it seems unattainable or it seems unachievable. And when you look at self-help programs today, you have motivational speakers who earn millions and millions of names to try and motivate people, to try and ignite some type of a way within them, to try and get them to harness their inner strength, whether it is the physical strength, the mental strength. And many people pay large sums of money to listen to these motivational speakers. However, it amounts to nothing. Why? Because there must be an inherent part of a person that wants to become better. A person cannot give you a talk or a speech based on human physiology or human psychology and expect that by talking the implementation is upon the one who has listened. If there is no willingness to implement what we hear, which is the same as Iman, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the commands consistently in the Quran. Allah ta'ala says, do this, do not do that. Allah ta'ala says, commit this, commit that in your life. But if the word is given, we need to adopt the culture and the mindset of the Sahaba, where once it enters the ear, it penetrates the heart. When it penetrates the heart, it causes an evolution, or it causes a revolution within us, where once we hear it and we know it is the word of the divine, it is the word of the creator, that he cannot be wrong, Ma'azallah. That whatever he says, he says it with the absolute greatest knowledge. He says it with control of what is the circumstances that is to occur in the future. So when they heard, they obeyed. There was no point within hearing and obedience where there was a deliberation, where there was consultation, where they spoke amongst themselves, where they cross-examined themselves. But they say, if Allah has said it, we obey it. And this resulted in such a spontaneous, instantaneous, absolute, definitive transformation within the Sahaba that today we consider them amongst the greatest human beings who have ever walked upon the earth. And what they have done is, in, 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 an, in an aerodynamic term, they have created what is known as a slipstream. That when we are finding resistance, in the dunya where we are saying this is right and the western world and modernism say a your interpretation of what is right is actually barbaric, it is actually primitive, it is actually oppressive, it is subjective. So the Sahaba have shown us that we do not need to listen to those who exist now to tell us what is right and what is wrong. But the fact that in their time they have heard the commands of Allah, they have obeyed and that they have created this vacuum which we do not have to try and figure out or we do not have to try and apply our own methodologies as to how we see life. All we have to do is simply follow what they did. Because we don't have the capacity or the comprehension to decide what is right and what is wrong. And this is the problem with atheism. Atheism believes in morality. 
They believe what is right and what is wrong. For example, to say that human life is good and to take a human life is bad. But if they say that there is no Allah, Allah, Allah and Allah does not exist, then how did they come to this understanding of morality that to kill someone is wrong and to save a human life is right? Because this has been divinely ordained from the time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created creation. So if they feel that there is no Allah and there is no God, they rightly subscribe to the codes of morality and ethics and commandments that is divine. Why don't you change it? To say that if there is no God, I don't have to follow the rules of God, therefore I'm going to make my own rules in life, and that is to kill is right and to save a human life is wrong. That is how they should believe it. Don't apply the codes of morality and ethics and what is sinful and what is virtuous based on something that is a divine injunction and that are present in religious doctrines and they say we don't believe in the one that revealed it, but we believe that what he has said is right is right and what he has said is wrong is wrong. It is antithetic, it does not make sense. So the point I'm trying to make is Jehovah Islam. And I think this is what I commenced with, and obviously we digress somewhere along the way, is that we have our motivation. We do not need motivational speakers. The greatest motivational speaker of all time and will remain the greatest motivational speaker of all time is none other than our beloved Master Sayyidina Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa Ask ourselves, who was motivational enough to transform people and take them from the age of darkness and ignorance into the age of light and knowledge. But today it continuously grows where there is approximately 2 billion who have taken the motivation of the beloved Nabi sallallahu ta'ala and attained some form of success in this world. But if that success is determined by the circumstances of this world, then they have definitely attained the success of the perpetual world which is the hereafter. The greatest motivation speaker of all time. And I'll give you a simple example. And sometimes it is so, it is so um, profound that in one hadith of the Prophet you can chapter your entire life's journey in this world. You do not need uh, tons of literature. You do not need self-help books by authors who themselves are not flawless. We have deficiencies. We have weaknesses. We take it from the perfect man that Allah created. One who had no faults and no defects. And he could give us the map, the GPS of life in only one or two or three or four or five phases. And if it is applied with conviction and the confidence in the one who is presenting it and the one who is advocating it, implement it and you will see that it will bring success to you. So let's go one hadith only. Maybe Nabi Sassan gave us five steps. And like I said, it is so profound. There are thousands of hadiths of the Prophet And we'll only discuss one today if time permits. And let us see the motivation that we find from it. But subject to us wanting to be true to it, believing in it, and wanting to execute it as the Prophet advised and implementing it for the sake of going forward. The first thing that Yusuf has reminded every believer in this hadith, that the Prophet said that a strong believer is better and is more beloved in the sight of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala than a weak believer. What is in your faith? 
The word strength does not only revolve around physical strength. Yes, all of us have the ability to become stronger people physically. Change of lifestyle, more exercise, doing everything we can to improve the state of our health, to improve the state of our physicality, because jihad is not only with the soul, jihad is not only with the mind, jihad is with the body as well. The beauty of it and the wisdom of it is that when we make Ramadan around tawaf, we are advised to work with a certain strut, with a certain, not entire arrogance, but a display or a demonstration of strength. And when a person works in a unique way, it shows weakness. But sometimes you will find such people that simply by their work to become intimidated, although they have no strength and no fighting skills whatsoever. It is what they portray, how they project themselves, that instills fear in others or instills respect in others. So here we are advised to show that the Ummah is strong physically because people react to physicality. When we fear someone, we fear their physicality. Ask ourselves that if you are walking down the road on a dark night in an alley and, my, and you come across three ladies, are you going to become scared? No. Why? Because only men are physically stronger than women. As a man, you will not feel scared. You say, I'm under no threat whatsoever. But if you see one man with a huge physique, and this probably looks very dangerous, then we are going to become a bit nervous. Because what we perceive by what we see is the reaction that is going to, uh, 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 the is going to take out from us. So here let me say something, if your strength lies in your physicality, then lose that strength. If Allah has blessed you with physical strength, lose that strength. If Allah has not blessed us with physical strength, then Allah Ta'ala also says, strengthen the mind. Become knowledgeable, stay away from ignorance because a lot of strong and successful people are weak in physicality, but mentality they are absolutely strong. If we cannot achieve strength in physicality, and if maybe we do not have sharp minds, and that is also given by you know that not everybody can become an academic, not everybody can become an intellectual. Some people have the ability, some people don't. But with everything that Allah has not given you, it is up to us to try to identify what Allah has given me and let me explain the potential of what Allah has given me because Allah has given everybody something that is a show of strength. So physically, you know, people say I cannot be an intellectual, I have emotional strength. 
But when people are anxious, people are restless, people are scared, that we are able to control our emotions, and especially, let us say, without any form of, uh, of, of being sexist, but let us say, in a patriarchal society, which is something that Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala has embedded within the deal of Islam, where a man is the head of his household, and a man is the head of society, the man needs to be strong, the man needs to be intelligent. If he cannot be strong and intelligent, he must have emotional strength. That when people are grieving, people are mourning, people are restless, people are scared. That a man is able to control his emotions, not burst out and throw a frantic through and cry as a female, but rather a man is supposed to take charge. And so in times of emotion strength, he is able to control his strength, able to control his temperament, and give calmness to those around him, give confidence to those around him, to remind them that, look, the situation is dire, but there is still some form of hope. People work towards that leadership quality. We need to be in check of our emotions. If not our emotions, then we need to be in check of our spirituality and our iman. Because if we cannot be strong in our mind, strong in our body, strong in our emotions, let us at least start enhancing the power of iman. Because that is the fundamental, that is the foundation. If the Iman is strong, every other development will come thereafter, inshallah. So the Prophet said and reminded us that a strong believer is better and is, is more beloved to Allah than a weak believer. However, in both a weak believer and a strong believer, there is goodness. A strong believer will lead the way, a weak believer will look at that way and try and develop themselves to also become leaders of tomorrow. This is the type of messages we need to inform the youth. So, when you discuss one hadith, that's the first step. From the greatest motivation to speak of all time, Adiyah and Nabi Sallallahu The second thing Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, if this, that be ambitious and work forward and follow that and try to attain that which will benefit you. Not that which is to your detriment, but that in which, in which is to your benefit. I had a friend called me this week and he said to me, What is the Islamic meaning on taking the child to watch this latest craze? in the cinema, which is the Bible. And I said to him, I'm seriously not. That the message that it is projecting is one of feminism, is one of transgenderism, is one of emasculation. Emasculation means making a man feel less worth and less value than what Allah has given to him in that gender specific way. That today with feminism, they want to dominate society. Not only have equality or equity, but to dominate. And in order to dominate someone, the easiest strategy is to make them feel like they are nothing. To make them feel like they have no worth. To make them feel like they have no value. Once you can make a person feel self-conscious and insecure on themselves, you've already dominated their minds. And when you dominate their mind, then ultimately you are going to dominate their spirit as well. This is emasculation. So I said to him, the first person I asked him is what does your wife say? He said, no, I'm against it. But my wife says it is harmless. And I said, so if something is harmless, was the consensus between you and your wife that a call would be made to me for some type of dialectical matter? 
And he said, yes. So I said to someone who's harmless to let me know you to call. But at the end of the day, eating a piece of bread is harmless, you don't think about it. Why? You attach your doubt to the fact that this is not going to harm you. When you drink a glass of water, you first think, is it going to harm you? Is it not going to harm you? It is a natural and activity that we do impulsively without thinking because we know inherently it's not going to harm us. But when we see a bottle of poison, what are we going to do? Then we are going to think as to whether this is going to harm you or this is not going to harm you. When we look at any medication which has benefits and has side effects, we weigh the benefits and we weigh the side effects and the side effects outweigh the benefits in terms of affecting the quality of our life in a negative way, then what will we do? We will dismiss that action. So only when the warning signals go in our heads that something may be harmful or may be harmless. But if you have a doubt that it could be one of either consequence, then that is something you should stay with. And so she said that she said it is harmless. I said, and obviously when we get asked these questions, we don't want to know about certain subjects, but we have to delve into it. And when we delve into it, and we only listen, to have this attitude, if we don't know about something, let's go into it. If we don't know about it, let's ask someone who can go into it. If they don't know about it, then let them go into it and give us the correct answer that we need. Because we cannot determine what is right and what is wrong and which are the gray areas. And so we know that the concept of this girl was developed in Germany. And there are youngsters here, and the several terms which we don't want to use, because we don't want to arouse curiosity in their mind. But we live in a time where youngsters can teach us a few things about the way the world operates. So this was used as a fantasy doll in the 50s in Germany. That is where it was manufactured and created. Fantasy where a grown adult man will be able to enjoy and satisfy all his illicit immoral fantasies with something that is artificial like a doll. And then in 1959, they wanted to create up a bit, to take away the debauchery of it all, to take away the sexuality of it all, and then they created a cleaner, more clean cut, presentable version to the larger public, and that was the Barbie But when they created that, what did they show? And that's what they want to instill in every young girl. That the party girl is the perfect example, or it is uh, the perfect exhibit of what perfection should be in your life. That she should have a certain type of hourglass feet, she should have blonde hair, she should have blue eyes, her nose should have a certain proportion, her lips should have a certain proportion. And this is the perfect physique and the perfect type of woman. And then from day on, young girls have become brilliant. Anorexic, going for cosmetic surgery. Why? Because they want to look like the girl that represents the perfect woman. We believe in the country 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 in the country
and then give them such confidence and such strength that you will find such type of women that alhamdulillah they will never be manipulated by any form of ism that is present now today. I've only discussed two. But anyway, brothers, what I'm going to conclude, please do not allow your children to watch this. Especially our daughters, especially the young radical community. Because when you are giving uh, uh, hidden messages to inclined someone to do wrong, and Allahi, even if your child will cry and hate you for it, at that point you have a test whether Allah will love you for it or whether your child will hate you for it. Your child will hate you for a few days. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be displeased with you in the akhirah as well. So we are at a choice. So please, let us stop this nonsense. Said after that go forth towards what will benefit you and I'll have to go to the rest very quickly. Nabi said, once you have attained strength, once you have decided what you want to do and that it's going to benefit you, the third thing is Ista'inbilla. Seek help in Allah subhanahu And this is such a beautiful message of the Quran. Ista'inbilla is somebody who has Seek help with Sabah and with Salah. And why? You know, Salah. Just something slightly at the top of it. And, and how Allah says in the Quran, وَأَقِمُ الصَّلَاةَ فَرَفَعِ النَّهَادِ وَزُلَّخًا مِنَ اللَّيْنِ إِنَّ الْحَسَنَاتِ مُفُدْنَا السَّيِّعَاتِ That when you do something good, Allah Ta'ala said, it raises your values. There was a, a young Sahaba who used to sell dates in the market. And then they, they saw a really beautiful girl. And the girl asked him, are your dates sweet? He said, the dates I have are sweet, but the dates I have at home are sweeter. The young girl, not you know, he saw someone that appeared to him. So he said, if you at home, then I will show the sweeter dates. And you know, she came to his house, when she came to his house, she embraced her. That was not legal, that was not permissible. When he embraced her immediately, he suffered an attack of conscience. And said, but what I am doing is wrong. Astaghfirullah, how is Allah going to forgive me for this? But look at the sense of sincerity in the repentance of that youngster. But he said, who can I go to who will give me direction as to how will Allah forgive me for this, for this moment of indiscretion? And so let me go to the one who is merciful. Let me go to the one who give me the soft approach. And that is why some said, I am ummati bi ummati Abu Bakr. That the most merciful from amongst my ummah to the ummah will be Abu Bakr. So he went to Sayyidina Abu Bakr and said, this is what I've done, how will Allah forgive me? And Sayyidina Abu Bakr said, hide your son and look to Allah. First thing he said, hide your son. Again, this is another subject. Today, we commit so much of sin, but our egos want us to publicize that sin. Why? Because we live in a society where when you do the wrong things, you are regarded as someone who is a hero, someone that youngsters look up to. The biggest gangsters, the biggest drug dealers, who drive around in fancy cars, who live lavish lifestyles. But they generalized it to the point where youngsters want to be like them. And they expose that. People who are philanderers, people who are promiscuous, they publicize that because they want other men to think that they are those who have this appeal over the other gender. So people expose this. And so he looked at the doctor and said, you know what? Hide the suit and stop that job. So he said, it is a bit easy. 
I want something that is more harsh because I want something proportionate to my sin. I want to feel that I'm going to, to do something extreme enough where Allah will forgive me. So he went to وَأَشَدُّهُمْ فِي أَمْرِ اللَّهِ تَعَالَى He went to the one who was most strictest and stern regarding the commands of Allah. He went to Hazrat Umar And he said the same thing. Hide your sin and repent to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he still did not feel satisfied that he would be forgiven just by asking Allah forgiveness. And so he went to the Prophet sallallahu And when he went to the Prophet sallallahu the Prophet sallallahu did not turn his face towards the sun because the Prophet was engaged with some other part. And this man, this young girl, became so agitated, he became so remorseful and so remorseful that he shouts out and says, Ya Allah, that the Prophet said, because of the wrong that I've done, and remember he only embraced her back. He said that because of the wrong that I've done, I'm now not even worthy of the gaze of the beloved Prophet Muhammad sallallahu ta'ala alayhi wa and tried to choose me he would. After he arrived, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, to call him. And he came to the court of the Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what I've done, how do I recompense, how do I gain forgiveness from Allah? And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said to him, perform two rakats of salat with Tawbah. And this practice is for all of us, and take this message home as well. And remember, every time we commit a sin, if we have to perform two rakats of salat with Tawbah, we make it so incumbent. We make it an incumbency upon ourselves. Remember, every time we perform salah, the connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes that much stronger. The sin becomes a means of closeness to Allah ta'ala, subject to us wanting to repent from that. And Nabi Sallallahu said to him, Inna al-Hasana, we did not say that you perform, that Allah ta'ala will erase the sin that you committed. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions again in the Holy Quran, Allah says that if you do not even do the two rakats of Salat al but if you stay away and refrain from major sins, the minor sins that you commit, Allah will pardon that as well. So this was the third, when Nabi Sallallahu said, Isna'an billah. The fourth Nabi Sallallahu said, Wala ta'jaz, and I take two minutes to complete each other, please bear with me. The Prophet said, after you've got this church, after you've uh, 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 identified your goal, after you sought the help of Allah Ta'ala, Wala ta'jaz, do not deviate from that path. Meaning no matter what happens, it may be a rough path, it may be a smooth path, do not give up. Then you say that if it is worth it, you won't give up. If you give up, you are not worthy. If it's worth it, you won't give up. If you give up, you are not worthy of that achievement. So we Sallallahu Alaihi said, don't give up. That is the first step. And I can explain that to you, but I don't have time. Then lastly, Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said, the fifth thing is, why asabaka shayu? That if you've identified what you want to do, develop your resources, your strength to do, to fall the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and if it does not work out, Farad, are you okay? You want to sit outside? It's more errors. Let me say something. If it does not work out, you put these four 
inspection report and if it does not work out when asad kashayun falata kun yurfu yurfu kaza wa kaza the same if it does not work out don't look back and say oh if only i did it like this or i did it like that because you know retrospect is an exact science when you have to defend and make a decision you don't know the outcome you try your best but you look back long say if only i did this if only i did that the reason is that don't say that don't say if i did it this way the outcome would have been different if i did it that way the outcome is something don't say that but say that the power of everything and control of everything is in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's control he does what he does and he does what he wants so I've done what I had to and Allah Ta'ala has done what he wanted and at the end of the day the wisdom of Allah Ta'ala supersedes and surpasses what I thought so you resign yourself and to say that Allah Ta'ala will ask you to go through this process again but the outcome that will be at the end of that process will be better for me than what I try to achieve at this point and that is the five steps brother can it not take you through life? Inshallah, we make you Inshallah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to recognize the wisdom in our deen and that we have everything we need and may we appreciate it inshallah we make dua not for Allah Sadiq Dawud Mansur Chiba Muhammad Sadiq Adam Aziz Ali Dan Khan Ulam Sadiq Hussain Muji Yohana Muhtalib Haji Muhammad Yunus Shadif Akhul Muhammad Akunji and all those who are passed away may Allah ta'ala grant them Jannah to forgive we make dua for Baghuddin Madri Muhammad Ali Qadr, Adila Dadabai, Ahmed Saif, Farhad Sayyid, Rabia Bibi Khan, Farida Adams, Fatima Bibi Osman, Yasmin Hussain, Farvana Baba, and that will be a special day for our brother Abdul Osman, Alhamdulillah, Hidija Salaam, every Friday, and also President Ahmad Sharif in this masjid, who is very very angry at the moment. We make dua, inshallah, through the difficulties, may Allah Ta'ala give him strength, and may Allah Ta'ala reward him for his sabah, inshallah, please do not forget to contribute generously to the masjid. Brothers, inshallah, there are few invitations that are placed on the notice board, kindly progress through them, inshallah, and consider that the invitation is up. We can start with our soon, inshallah. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وأصحابه وبارك وسلم يا معشر المسلمين رحمه الله قد ورد في الخبر عن سيد البشر انه قال اذا صعد الخطيب على المنبر فلا يتكلم احدكم ومن تكلم فقد لغى ومن لغى فلا تنعتله فاوصفوا رحمه الله الله اكبر الله اكبر Allah Allah
أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ومولانا محمد عبده ورسوله أما بعد فيا أيها المؤمنون رحمنا ورحمكم الله تعالى أوصيكم ونفسي بتقوى الله عز وجل في السر والإعلان فإن التقوى سنام ذو الإيمان واذكروا الله عند كل شجر وحجر واعلموا ان الله بما تعملون بصير وان الله ليس بغافل عما تعملون فان السنن هي الانوار وزينوا قلوبكم بحب هذا النبي الكريم عليه الصلاه والتسليم فان الحب هو الايمان كله الا لا ايمان لمن لا محبه له رزقنا الله تعالى واياكم بحب هذا النبي الكريم عليه الصلاه والتسليم اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فمن يعمل مثقال ذره خيرا يره ومن يعمل مثقال ذره شرا يره بارك الله بارك الله لنا ولكم في القران العظيم ونفعنا واياكم بالايات والذكر الحكيم انه تعالى ملك كريم جواب بالرزق الرحيم اقول قولي هذا واستغفر الله لي ولكم ولسائر المؤمنين والمؤمنات انه هو الغفور الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله الذي نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلله فلا هادي له ونشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد ان سيدنا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله لا سيما على اولهم بالتصديق وافضلهم بالتحقيق امير المؤمنين سيدنا ابا بكر الصديق رضي الله تعالى عنه وعلى اعدل الاصحاب مزين المنبر والمحراب امير المؤمنين سيدنا عمر بن الخطاب رضي الله تعالى عنه وعلى جامع القران كامل الحياه والايمان امير المؤمنين سيدنا عثمان بن عفان 
ويقول الله تعالى عنه وعلى اسد الله غالبا امام المشايخ والمغاربة امير المؤمنين سيدنا علي بن ابي الطالب كذب الله تعالى وجهه الكريم وعلى بنيه الكريمين ابي محمد الحسن وابي عبد الله الحسين رضي الله تعالى عنهما وعلى امهما سيده النساء فاطمه الزهراء رضي الله تعالى عنها وعلى سائر الصحابه اجمعين اللهم انصر من نصر دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ربنا يا مولانا واجعلنا منهم اللهم اخذل من خذل دين سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ربنا يا مولانا ولا تجعلنا منهم عباد الله رحمكم الله ان الله يامر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون اذكروا الله يذكركم ودعوه يستجيب لكم ويذكر الله تعالى اعلى واولى واعز واجل واتم واهم واعظم واكبر والله يعلم ما تصنعون صفوا صفوفكم يرحمكم الله الله اكبر الله اكبر الله اكبر الله المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين ولما فتحمت عنهم وجدوا بضاعتهم ردت إليهم قالوا يا أبانا ما نبغي هذه بضاعتنا ردت إلينا ونميل أهلنا ونحفظ أخانا ونزداد كيل بعير ذلك كيل يسير قال لن أرسله معكم حتى تؤتون موثقا من الله موثقا من الله لتأتنني به إلا أن يحاط بكم فلما آتوه موثقهم قال الله على ما نقول وكيل الله أكبر سمع الله لمن حمد الله أكبر
ولجميع المؤمنين والمؤمنات والمسلمين والمسلمات الاحياء منهم والاموات انك سميع قريب مجيب الدعوات وصلى الله تعالى على سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى اله واصحابه اجمعين برحمتك يا ارحم الراحمين صلى الله على محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم صلى الله على محمد صلى الله يا نبي سلام عليك يا رسول سلام يا الله يا 
Oh, <laughs> 